the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Well, in a short time from now, we'll begin a new liturgical year. And the first feast of the liturgical year is the celebration of the birth of the Most Holy Virgin Mary. Today is the last feast of the liturgical year. Today we celebrate the Dormition the falling asleep and glorification of Mary, the Theotokos. And if we look at the cycle of Mary's life, it reveals the destiny and development of a human nature which is entirely faithful to God from the beginning to the very end. It's a full picture picture of a completely godly life. You know, Mary's early life was filled with devotion to God. Then Mary was very blessed for being selected to be the mother of our Lord. As the angel Gabriel was sent by God and said, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And she asked questions. And the angel described what was to occur, how the Holy Spirit was going to come upon her, and how she will bear the Holy One who is to be born and will be called the Son of God. And how with God nothing is impossible. Her response was then clear. Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And we read about her love and care for her son. And she was there when he was crucified. And she continued a life after that very faithful unto the Lord. Mary was blessed and was faithful throughout her life whatever came. We too will be blessed if we are faithful. As I said, Mary was there when her son was placed upon the cross and then buried. Now, anyone who's a parent can imagine how hard this must have been, how fearful it would be to see your child crucified unjustly. And I think everyone can picture that, whether you have children or not. But God's purpose is higher than our man's perspective. Then she saw his resurrection. Her sorrow was turned into joy. So what happened to the mother of Jesus after Jesus was crucified? Resurrected and ascended into heaven. Well, we know from scripture that she was entrusted to the care of the apostle John. And the book of Acts mentions that She was there with the apostles on that first Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended. She was obviously involved actively in the early church. Now I'm going to turn to holy tradition that has been passed down throughout the life of the church. And what I'm going to be relating is not a dogma of the Orthodox Church. It is not something you have to believe for your salvation. But it has been passed down through the church from generation to generation for hundreds of years. And I believe it. It is thought that Mary spent most of her time in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, visiting the places that were meaningful and significant in the early life of Christ. And sacred tradition tells us that she spent much time praying on the Mount of Olives. And in the Garden of Gethsemane. One of the things that 
she asked for in her prayers would be taken from this world and be reunited with her son. And one day, that prayer was answered. The archangel Gabriel, in fact, appeared to her, telling her that in three days, her earthly existence would come to an end. It is believed that she was about 50 to 60 years uh, of age about this time. And she received this news with joy. And she returned to John's home in Jerusalem. And she hoped to see the apostles for one last time. And according to tradition, all the apostles, except Thomas, was brought to be with her. And she peacefully commended her soul into God's hands. Now, it's pretty significant that Thomas was not there. Kind of reminds you of an earlier time when Thomas wasn't there. But the apostles uh, proceeded and took Mary's body to the Garden of Gethsemane near the tombs of her parents, Joachim and Anna. And it was in God's providence, it was not until three days later that the apostle Thomas arrived. He too wanted to see her one last time. And so he went to her tomb to pay his respects to the Theotokos. It was Thomas's visit to that tomb in the Garden of Gethsemane that led to the knowledge of the assumption of her body into heaven. According to, traditions, to tradition, Mary's body did not suffer the corruption which follows death. It didn't stay in the tomb. Instead, Mary, raised from the dead, was carried into heaven by the angels. When Mary's tomb was opened up for Thomas to give his last respect, only the winding sheets were there. Mary had been bodily resurrected and taken into heaven. And that's the same reward that we are all going to have on that last day. Later that evening, the apostles, as they gathered, had a vision of the mother of God, <clears throat> surrounded by a multitude of angelic hosts. She left them with the words, Rejoice, I am with you always. And this is why we continue to pray to her and to ask her to intercede on, her, on our behalf. I mean, she is there with the Lord, interceding for us. Today marks the end of Mary's earthly life. We come with awe and wonder, just like the apostles did, as she who had been the God-bearer commends her soul to the God she had born in her womb. The liturgical text of the Feast of the Dormition talks of the, that apostles' gathering, and it says, They sang the praises of the divine and amazing mystery of the dispensation of Christ our God, and they rejoiced, O far-famed virgin, as they buried thy body, the origin of the life and holder of God. On high, the most holy and venerable of the angels' powers bowed in wonder before, and, and they marveled, and they said to one another, Open wide your gates and receive her who bore the creator of heaven and earth. Mary, who bore Christ in her womb, obtained life eternal. She who bore life in person passed over through death into life. In the icon of the Dormition of the Mother of God, you see the apostles that are gathered around her, the holy body of the Virgin. St. Peter 
is typically on the left holding a censer and others behind him. St. Paul bows low over her feet and others are behind him. James, the first bishop of Jerusalem, Timothy are also shown. And above the body stands the figure of Christ. Holding in his hands the figure of, in white representing the soul of the Virgin Mary. And the heavenly powers all surround this and gaze in adoration at the mystery that they are seeing of the Dormition. So Mary's life is an encouragement to each and every one of us. Not just because she bore the Son of God, which is certainly uh, a blessed thing, but also because she was faithful to him throughout her life, his death, and through to her death. In our gospel reading today, we hear a woman speak out and say to Christ, Blessed is the womb that bore you. And that is very true. Christ certainly did not contradict that. And in fact, he went on to say, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. What better example do we have of someone hearing the word of God and keeping it than the Virgin Mary? She kept the word of God in her youth up to the time the angel came to her and announced to her, Blessed are you among women. And she continued to keep the word of God in her heart throughout the rest of her life. Her life became the very statement of God's word being done. And this is what we are encouraged to follow today at this feast of the Dormition. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Mary kept the word of God throughout her life, has entered into the heavenlies as we will ourselves one day, and likewise do if we are faithful unto the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.